Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores or coffee spots or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, the 2020 season gets off to an unceremonious thud for the 49ers. The Arizona Cardinals beat them 24-20 to at, I think the best way to describe it is cavernous Levi Stadium. It was just weird. The place was empty. The place was quiet. Uh, I'm sure on TV it was probably more exciting, so I'm actually looking forward to weeks two and three which will be on the road for the 49ers so I could watch it and get a little bit more pep in my step watching because Matt it felt like it took a while for it to even register as a football game today and then by that time the 49ers defense was tired they admitted Nick Bosa of all people admitted that the air quality affected him as did the fact that the 49ers had to be on the field for 78 plays on defense the most since 2017 back in the dark ages and that was because Jimmy Garoppolo on the offense wasn't any good today so they just got worn out and they were beaten in in a similar fashion to how they were beaten in the Super Bowl actually except that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't really good at all except for maybe the first two drives but boy, they came back down to earth today and they're going to have to fix a lot of things. I think most importantly, that offensive cohesion, they got to find some of that heading into week two. Yeah, they were definitely discombobulated in the in the second half on offense. It reminded me a lot of last year's Cardinals games. I mean, those were two wins for the 49ers, but they were, we've talked about this, very close wins, narrow wins could have easily been losses. The difference this year is that, you know, Kyler Murray looked just a little bit better still as slippery as ever, scored on a, on a 22-yarder in the second half today. And, and this team has DeAndre Hopkins now. And Hopkins had 151 yards. They targeted him 16 times, and he caught 14 of those passes. The 49ers had zero answers for that. They tried to do the, uh, the switcheroo this year, something that we've all noticed in training camp, which is that Richard Sherman now lines up either on the left or the right. He used to be uh, solely a left cornerback until this season. We weren't really allowed to to report that uh, in training camp, but obviously it's out in the open today. That did not seem to confuse the, the Cardinals one bit. In fact, it was the 49ers who looked thoroughly confused on a long Hopkins catch and run to the one-yard line, which uh, basically was led to the game-winning score. So he was a problem. Kyler Murray was a problem. I thought the tackling was as shoddy as we expected it might be, given that there was no preseason, no live tackling. But again, I mean, they were in a position to win it. They did last year in those uh, situations. They just didn't pull it out this year. Dennis, what what were you saying? You probably didn't love the, uh, the, the tackling and you probably could commiserate with some of those defensive linemen who are trying to catch a little... Uh, slippery Kyler Murray all day long. When I look back at the first half watching the game, I'm thinking 
the 49ers have control of this football game. It, it looked like they, you know, they control the clock, ball possession, the run, the pass. They were, you know, they had some misdirection. And they were moving down the field. I think the game turned. And I think this is when the crowd would have kind of helped the 49ers a little bit today. After after Dante Johnson kind of let that block get or that that punt get blocked, I think the momentum changed and it never came back. After that, it was all Arizona. And then I look at at the end of the the, the first half, you know, something 20-something seconds left on the clock, and Arizona goes right down the field and they kick a field goal. And the game is is within three points, I believe. And I think this is where the crowd would have came in useful for the 49ers because Kyler Murray at one point was just throwing the ball, lining up, not worrying about the calls, just just making calls, getting the offense set, and going down the football field. So for some reason, the 49ers just never got back on track. And then after George Kittle went out the game, not out the game, got his knee hyperextended and came back into the game, no targets. And then the 49ers receivers, there was really no threat. You know, Kendrick Bourne had a couple of nice catches. But after that, it was just, it had to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And he had some good throws, but he had some real bad throws too. And he had a couple balls slip out his hand. I just, the 49ers just never got their momentum back. And and the Cardinals, this was, you know, this is what they have to deal with. I mean, you got a mobile quarterback and their losses last season was against mobile quarterbacks. And Kyler Murray was was that guy today. And it was almost a one read and then run, especially in the second half. So, you know, he gashed the the you know the the defense several times, third and long. You know, he was even backed up in the end zone and, and and the way he runs, I mean he's gonna he's gonna you know, the way he slides, it looks like he slided into second base. You're gonna get a penalty. And you know, I think there was a two two of those in this game too. So the Niners were just it, it looked like a preseason game. Tackling wasn't there. The offense looked like they weren't clicking. The offense weren't on the same page. The receivers and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. But there were some bright spots. I mean, Raheem Moster had a fantastic game, I thought. But I think overall it was just they were missing something, some oomph. Yeah, well, Mostert's play was the highlight for the 49ers. That was fun to watch. It looked like he was uh, varsity high school playing against the JV on that one. They ran Mostert out of the backfield, and they uh, Kyle Shanahan wanted to – Want to baptize the young uh, Arizona linebacker Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, number eight overall draft pick. Everybody was talking about how good of a cover guy he was going to be. Well, Shanahan said, "Welcome to the NFL," and and he runs one of his fastest players, Raheem Mostert, on a simple, you know, in pattern. There was a little slant coming out of the backfield, and he it, uh, Simmons, I guess, was still in the mode of of covering ACC guys, not Raheem Mostert, and he just blew by him, took it seventy six yards to the house, but that. That was the the peak for the 49ers. They were up 10-0 at that point. And as you said, Dennis, there was that three-play sequence where the 49ers offense, special teams, and then defense failed them, right? First, Garoppolo missed Trent Taylor on third down. Uh, Taylor was right near that first down marker. I, I didn't think that the – you know, when Matt said discombobulated, I think that was the perfect word for it because – 
neither the route was where it should have been for a third and four, whatever it was, and, and the throw obviously was late. They were just out of sync timing-wise, and maybe that makes sense with that being Trent Taylor's first game action in over a year. But then after that, you can't let the punt get blocked, and it got blocked. And then right after that, the defense can't allow the Cardinals to score in one play, but that's exactly what the Cardinals did. So, boom, in three plays, this game turns around, and then the 49ers' offense was never the same, with the exception of that one drive late where they did score a touchdown. It was Jarek McKinnon's first touchdown um, since 2017. So that was you know a good moment, 49ers thought. They would go ahead with that score, but uh, it wasn't enough. The defense was already too tired at that point because the 49ers had gone seven drives scoring only three points. They had as many three and outs as points in, in the middle part of the game throughout those seven drives, Matt, and they just couldn't find a rhythm. I mean, we can talk about the fact they're on their third-string center, Hronis Grasso. We can talk about the fact there was no Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk, so there was very limited separation. We can also talk about the fact that Garoppolo created a lot of his own problems by throwing so high to Kittle on an easy screen pass that he got Kittle at least partially hurt. I mean, Kittle had a limp off the field and then Kittle didn't have a single target the rest of the game from that point on so it's a fair question to ask that that he he might not have been 100% healthy either way the 49ers ran themselves out of offensive options to the point where the only impressive play to me in the passing game later in the game was a uh, was that wheel route to Kyle Yuschek. But uh, other than that, they just completely stalled for a multitude of reasons. And rhythm is the the key word there uh, as far as the 49ers offense. They just couldn't find it. They were out of sync. Those throws to to Trent Taylor. He did catch two in those game in this game, but uh, there are also two bad ones to him, including the, the final one, a fourth and five throw to Trent Taylor. In 2017, that duo was money. I mean, it was Garoppolo's quick release. It was uh, Trent Taylor's rabbit-like quickness. It was a, a match made in heaven, and those guys were in sync from the get-go. Um, and today, they weren't. Uh, Garoppolo was throwing high. That, that pass was too inside. It should have been outside. A few plays before that, there was uh, a throw to wide open Kendrick Bourne that for some reason uh, Garoppolo just put way too much loft under and the ball fluttered and allowed uh, Patrick Peterson to catch up with the play and, and knock it out. Um, Garoppolo was off and um, I don't, I'm not sure what the explanation is, whether it's uh, the, the lack of receivers, whether lack of a preseason or what. Um, it, it was strange. He wasn't himself. He didn't, uh, he didn't look very good at times. Um, so, uh, and, and it very well may be that it's the, uh, bizarreness of week one. We see this every season, uh, various teams around the league, there'll be a big upset and you'll think, oh, wow, is this team great? And this team terrible? No, it's, uh, it's week one striking. And then, uh, you know, by week two or three, uh, sort of the natural order of things works its way out, and um, and uh, you know the, the good teams become good and the bad teams become bad and they reveal themselves. So uh, I think that's probably a big part of it. Um, the 49ers go on the road now, two straight weeks in New Jersey against the Jets and then then against the Giants. So it's not going to be easy to sort of work the kinks out. They're not even going to get to come home. For that, but um, you know, maybe in a way, it's it's a blessing. <laughs> Around here, it's just one weird thing after another with the the air quality and everything else. So maybe getting away, ironically, going to New Jersey of all places for clean air, 
uh, will uh, will be just what the doctor ordered for this team. Dennis? You talk about the perfect storm. I mean, you got Kyler Murray, a dual threat quarterback, a mobile quarterback. You got DeAndre Hopkins, who is probably the best receiver in the National Football League. And then you got the air quality. And then you got an offense that's going three and out and not giving your defense a chance to rest. And I looked at those guys. I could, I could look at Nick Bosa and I could see that he was winded. And, you know, he is he's one of those guys, his motor goes 100 miles an hour all the time. And he was standing there with his hands on his hip because, it you know, the offense would, was going three and out. And if you're on defense, you know, and you can't get off the field, you know, in three downs, you know, it's tough. And there was a lot of long drives, especially in the second half. And there was one there was one time I looked up and they tra- they tried to trade off the entire defensive front. Because these guys were, were sucking air so bad. So, I mean, it, 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 the one thing you could not do against this team today was as an offensive team not to get off, you know, to go three and out. And then as a defensive team, not being able to get off the field. And, and that's exactly what happened. And Kyler Murray was, I mean, he was the best quarterback on the field today for sure. He was making quick decisions. He saw run lane and he was taken off. And a lot of times it was a third down. And once he slid and those two penalties didn't really help out. So it was kind of a perfect storm, you know, for the 49ers or for, for the Cardinals. But it looked like it looked like, like you said, week one, it looked like a preseason game as far as the 49ers went. Let's pause to tell you about Fubo.tv. Fubo.tv has a family plan where three people can watch at once. 15% off first month, 30 hours of DVR and local broadcast. With NFL season kicking off tonight, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to Fubo.tv. TV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's fubo.tv.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. You know what's crazy? The 49ers uh, defensively last year actually gave up more points to the Cardinals in both of those games. Today they only gave up 24. Last year, the difference was that the offense actually did its job. Jimmy Garoppolo had two of his best games of the season against an Arizona pass defense that wasn't good last year. Now, Matt makes a great point. We don't know who these teams actually are week one. Maybe the Cardinals have improved a lot of things in year two under defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. So maybe we'll look back at this game week nine, week 10, and be like, oh, wow, Arizona has a top 10 pass defense all of a sudden. And maybe that's part of the reason why the 49ers uh, you know, look so out of sync compared compared to last year against the Cardinals. But for now, all we have to go on is is last year. And if we're comparing that, the 49ers defense actually acquitted itself decently well, obviously with you know some exceptions that we're going to get into. But they, they held them to 24 points, and there was a chance to win the game at the end for the 49ers. And in fact, Matt, I would say that the chances to win this game came much sooner. The 49ers were up 10 nothing, and also early on, they had a chance to punch in a touchdown, but they were stuffed on fourth down right at the goal line. And you look back at that play, it was a Raheem Mostert run that didn't quite get far enough. They challenged it, failed on the challenge. But if you look back at something like that, 
Uh, you know, you also consider the fact that maybe if there's a crowd in this game and the 49ers are playing well early like they were, maybe it snowballs a bit more against Arizona. Well, whatever it was, the 49ers were never quite able to get to that critical mass of snowballing momentum against the Cardinals, and that left the door open, and then they weren't able to really turn it around, um, you know, once Arizona came roaring back. Yeah, there was that a very bizarre moment before the game where they're doing – the pregame intros and everybody's sort of lined up like they usually are and uh, you know they're calling out you know Trent Williams and Raheem Mostert but there's no there's nobody there to, to cheer them on so it, it, it seemed like a very bizarre ritual to have when you had zero people in the stands and I think that sort of contributed to the oddball effect that was happening um, but you're right I mean that the, the Mostert non-touchdown Mostert insists that he got in uh, it was very close. There didn't seem to be really a, a definitive view of that. And then, as Dennis noted, the uh, the block punt was was massive uh, in this game. Uh, it, it kept things close in the first half. And as Kyle Shanahan noted, this was a team that was averaging eight yards a play. The 49ers were in the first half. They averaged six yards a play uh, by the end of the game. Those are both averages that you, you look at the uh, stat sheet and you think, oh, that team won. Uh, so they didn't get enough out of their first half dominance and you know that's that's a typical storyline for you know a losing team they didn't take advantages uh, enough advantage of uh you know being up on a team um when they were and um you know that that was an issue i think another issue and we, we we've talked about this in the past the cardinals just simply match up well against the 49ers the 49ers have a very aggressive defense Kyler Murray takes advantage of that aggression. Uh, the 49ers come up the field, the wide nine, they're spread out. Uh, Murray, as, as Dennis noted, one read, and if, if his read isn't there, he just takes off. And it's impossible for a 312-pound guy like a DJ Jones or whoever else is playing in the middle of that uh, defensive line to, to combat that. I mean, it's just asking too much. I think the 49ers really need to think about having a spy on Murray if that's the way he's going to play. If, if it's going to be one read and then I'm just going to take off and scamper for 12 yards, they need to have you know, maybe a safety. Maybe it's Tarverius Moore. Uh, he, he's, he seems to have the, the right combination of quicks and, and tackling ability to do it. But somebody's got to ha- be in that spot because uh, Murray was just killing them all day on Sunday. You're exactly right. And, you know, the 49ers had a quarterback a while back that did the same thing. You know, he was a guy that had that one reading, had such athleticism and quickness to get down the field, you know, even in the zone coverage. He was able to find that running lane uh, and and make those big gains. And I think with the 49ers, I was surprised. I, I thought they would be better in the red zone with Jordan Reed, you know, as the other tight end and, and George Kittle. I thought you would see more points in the red zone. But once the 49ers got in the red zone, you know, they missed some opportunities to kind of put this game, Matt, like you said, to put it out of reach early. Uh, but you had to go up, you had to go for field goals. And then the third down conversions. I mean, it, it was, I mean, I couldn't believe it that it took so long to get a third down, con, uh, uh, third down possession and, and get a first down. And it was, it was hard to watch to see this team go three and out with so many weapons. I know your receiving crew's not there, but still, you got a lot of pretty good guys on this football team. And I was surprised that there wasn't more third down conversions. And I think you saw a little bit of it kind of building up with Jarek McKinnon. I mean, he was 
great out the backfield catching the football. It was just those money. I mean, those are important downs in the National Football League. Red zone plays and third down conversions, and the 49ers just didn't have it. Yeah, they went two for 11 on third down, and they obviously didn't score a – Oh, they scored one touchdown in the red zone there at the end, and that was the Jarek McKinnon touchdown. Yeah. And that that was the one drive where they really methodically worked down the field. You know, the the problem is without Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, you know, those are two guys that I think really, you know, especially when you have Ayuk in there, that is the threat that helps make this offense very, very explosive. And without them, you you you're almost forced as Kyle Shanahan to move to a much more methodical attack that's going to grind with your two tight ends. That's going to utilize Trent Taylor in the slot. That's just going to work its way down the field. And the problem is the 49ers never really seem to flow into that methodical identity you know when you're methodical you have to convert third downs you can't go two for 11 on third down well they finally start to figure that out a little bit and get into that flow that they needed to on that touchdown drive but then Arizona turned around you know by that point I think it was too late the dam had ruptured and the defense was you know giving up huge plays left and right and I always say that the more tired a defense is the, the the more you expose them the better chance there is of a busted coverage and I think that's exactly what happened in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs now if you look at the past two seasons the 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 most plays run against the 49ers defense have happened in the past two games that they've played the Chiefs ran 75 plays and today the Cardinals ran 78 plays I don't think it's a coincidence that both of those games were essentially determined by massive busted coverages on the defensive side for the 49ers. Obviously, the Tyreek Hill play in the Super Bowl is famous. Uh, today's play, much less famous, but you know, reminiscent in a way because of just how much wide open space DeAndre Hopkins had. And Richard Sherman came out and said, "Yeah, like you know, we were playing two different coverages in the secondary. You know, one of those mistakes." And it, it, Matt, you could either chalk that up to Week One; these guys haven't had a chance to fully work through all. All the issues, which I probably think is is um, you know very valid, but you know multiple things and multiple truths can coexist at once. And I just go back to when you're on the field for 78 plays, plus the air quality isn't good, guys are tired, that kind of bust, that kind of, kind of miscommunication is just made much more likely. The offense has to, at some point, shield the defense so they're not on the field that long. And then I think you see those kind of plays, you know, reduce in frequency. Well, I'm wondering why there was a bust on that play. I mean, one of the advantages the 49ers ostensibly had this season is continuity. I mean, they had really zero new starters because Javon Kinlaw didn't start today's game. So this defense should not have that that degree of bust. Now, obviously, they're doing some different things in the secondary this year. And we'll have to ask Robert Sala about that. It, it seemed like it was Sala's idea to move Richard Sherman around. Richard Sherman's played the left side basically his whole career. Now he's playing what's known as the old cornerback. So he's playing the, the wide side of the field based on which hash mark the ball is placed, which makes sense. But they're doing different things this year, and maybe that's uh, to, to kind of keep uh, offenses guessing. But like I said, it seemed to fool the 49ers more than it fooled the Cardinals. So I don't know if that needs to be reassessed or not. But, um, you know, uh, a, a defense, a secondary that's as veteran, that's been, you know, that's played as many games as this one has together, shouldn't be making those types types of errors at that critical junction. I mean, that was that led to a one-yard Kenyon Drake 
touchdown, which was uh, the Cardinals' first lead of the game. So I guess that's a question for Dennis. I mean, when you've got a good defense, do you kind of keep everything together and just go from one season to the next, uh, you know, doing the, doing what you did best? Or is it smart to switch things up and, and sort of keep uh, opponents guessing throughout? I think Richard Sherman, that you know, traveling, I think that was for this game and, and trying to kind of contain uh, DeAndre. I mean, I think you'll see moving on that he will stay kind of on his side and what he does best. I think this game was unique because you had a quarterback. You still had Larry Fitzgerald, but you had this guy who is who, who is he, he showed it today. I mean, if, if your defensive backs are leading the team in tackles, you know, and it's on a receiver. I mean, you know what what the focus is, what the targets are, and I and I haven't seen the box scores or the stats, but I'm I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Mosley had the most tackles today because the ball was going, the ball was up, the ball was up, the ball was up quick. You're right. So, Fifteen tackles. He had how many? Fifteen. Fifteen tackles. As a yeah. that's a lot of tackles for a quarterback. So you know it's. I think it was just for this game. I, I don't see Richard Sherman traveling, you know, throughout the season. But I think this game, it was a special thing they had because you had what you, the threat that you had out there. And now then Kyler Murray just brings another, another dimension to it. I mean, if, if, if you have a quarterback like that and you have a defense, the 49ers have lived, last, last year they lived on their pass rush. But like you said, they match up well against the Cardinals because the Cardinals know how to exploit it. And you got a quarterback that can see a run lane and can take off after one read and have a big game, very mobile. And that, you know, that that goes against I mean, the losses last year were against mobile quarterbacks. And when you have that wide nine and you have a lot of these wide splits, there's gonna be run lanes. And we talked about it earlier. You have to be very disciplined in your pass rush. And I saw a couple times Eric Armstead would cross the face of the guard, and that's all Kyler Murray needed was that run lane, and he was down the field. So I mean, this is this is a game you got to play him twice a year. You got to play Seattle twice a year. Uh, the 49ers now in this division. This is a tough division, and the 49ers find themselves at the bottom of this division today because everyone else won today. And uh, you know, you just gotta you gotta work on some things. The linebackers, the linebackers didn't play very well today. There's a lot of missed tackles. Yeah. Uh D Ford had the one, you know, the one tip ball that ended up Jaquaski got the pick. He's gotta play better. But, you know, it's just a weird matchup against this team. And I think they're gonna be a strong I think they're gonna I mean, they've improved themselves. I think they're gonna be a very good team, a tough team this year throughout the season. We'll be back after this. This is The Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. 
Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Well, it's going to be a fun measuring stick because the 49ers don't play the Cardinals again until week 16, and there's a good chance that game is going to look a whole lot different from so many different perspectives. I mean, uh, A, it's week 16, so it's literally four months away. Um, B, it's it's going to be in Arizona, so that probably even you know raises the chance of that game being played in you know, more usual circumstances as far as fans go. And, you know, uh, see, the, the 49ers are going to evolve as a team. They hope that they're going to be way more cohesive offensively soon. Today, obviously, uh, wasn't what Kyle Shanahan, I think, has in mind for this whole season, but they have some pieces coming back. I think that you can't harp on that center issue enough. I mean, if you we talked about this a lot in the offseason podcast. The 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, their offensive performances last year were very correlated with, with what they were working with at center, and they never once went to their third-string center last year. So you, you have to believe that a lot of, you know, th- that carries over to everything because the center is calling out the blocking uh, assignments for the offensive line. He's pointing out very small things. And in an intricate offense like Shanahan's, there are, you know, certain blocking angles and certain steps to take for all five of those guys along the offensive line that if one guy is not perfectly choreographed with everybody else, it knocks the whole run game out of whack. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why you didn't see the offense pick up that same kind of rhythm that we usually see because you you had two plays go for negative six yards. All of a sudden you're behind the eight ball, right? The, you can't have mistakes up front or else the offense is playing behind schedule. They didn't play behind schedule against Minnesota. They didn't play behind schedule against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Well, today the 40, or they didn't play behind schedule against Kansas City for three-plus quarters. Today they played behind schedule quite often, and that really knocked them down a peg. So uh, I think as the course of this season progresses, Matt, the, the key for the 49ers is to find that rhythm. You're going to see Arizona again. You have to play complementary football, offense, defense, special teams. All three phases of the game made critical errors today that made complementary football impossible. Yeah, and um, you would think that this loss would would tick off the 49ers and sort of jolt them back into that rhythm, um, get the uh, the sense of urgency up. However, I mean, I never kind of felt like the 49ers were uh, were in need of that. They they seemed really focused this off season. Uh, this uh, certainly in training camp, um, and they've said all the right things, and it was an intense training camp. So it's it's a bit surprising that they were this um, you know off kilter uh, in this game. Uh, you you would have think uh, you know you, you you would suspect that from um, any team coming out of this weird bizarre off season, but the 49ers ostensibly had the advantage. I mean, like I said, they had continuity on both sides of the ball. They had motivation. Uh, they had a, a, what I thought was a good training camp. This, this sort of came out of the blue. And I, and I think we're sort of repeating ourselves, but you know, a lot of it has to do with Arizona. It's just a bad matchup for the 49ers. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, 
uh, if they're better against the Jets. Jets are not a good team. Uh, the 49ers should win that. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch to see if the 49ers, to see if Jimmy Garoppolo uh, primarily can bounce back from sort of an ugly loss. It's a disappointment, but we have to remember there were two games last year against this squad that kind of went down to the end uh, and the 49ers were able to pull it out. Uh, today they had a chance to pull it out. It just they were just a step off and the Cardinals were a better team. But truly it was it was it was a disappointment to watch you know this team play the way they they did today. Uh, it just didn't it just didn't look like the 49ers that we saw the entire uh, last football season. You know, because of the way Arizona's built, they're super aggressive with those run blitzes, a lot of cover zero pass blitzes. That They actually are a good run defense team. Number six in the NFL last year, uh, they shut the 49ers down on the ground through two games last year, but Garoppolo had a throw for about 400 yards per game against them, and he, he really capitalized with the wideouts last year. Remember, Dante Pettis's final big moment of the season came against Arizona in Week 9 last year. Emmanuel Sanders came aboard, and he was a big contributor, especially in that first game. Then he was hurt in the second one, but he still made some big catches for the 49ers. Richie James had a huge play, but he left today with a hamstring injury. They just didn't get anything from their wideouts today. And you know, Afterwards, Kyle Shanahan, I, I don't think he wanted to throw them under the bus he said that wasn't really that big of a part of the game plan but you know regardless of how uh, you know big of a part of the game plan it was you need more than four catches from your wide receivers and that's what the 49ers got they got two from Kendrick Bourne two from Trent Taylor for 41 yards four from 41 yards from your wideouts won't do it especially when George Kittle had four catches for 44 yards himself in the first half and then didn't do anything after that because he might have been, you know, a little bit banged up. So they're just, you know, it, it just didn't seem that, that they were in flow downfield, weren't able to expose what has already been documented to be an Arizona weakness. And that's something that they hope, you know, fixes over the course of the season. We'll see if they get Brandon Ayuk back against the Jets, and we'll see if they get Debo Samuel back in week four against Philadelphia as this offense continues to evolve. But, um, you know, I think we're we're in agreement here. I think the 49ers offense obviously has to get better. Shanahan is planning for them to get better this season, and complementary football is everything. If your offense gets better, your defense is going to get better. Your special teams may have to clean some stuff up because I don't know. Uh, that was a pretty bad play there. Dante Johnson wasn't able to pick up the blitz on the punt, but that's a separate story. Anyway, twenty-four uh, twenty Cardinals this week. We're going to be back with you guys uh, over the course of this next week as the 49ers prepare to head to the East Coast for a longer swing. It'll be the Jets and then the Giants in weeks two and three before the team heads back to Levi Stadium. No fans at any of these games coming up, so that's just a new reality that we'll have to get used to. That's been week one for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown. This is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.